I have exactly three good ideas a year. Oh, melodically wrong and happy to be here again, boys. Jerry Jones sits on the golden toilet and looks for the, the big splashy players. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Expansion Buddies. I'm your co-host, Kyle Mitchell. I mean, Justin Wright. He's back. Right. He's back. I am back from my one-week hiatus. I had unavoidable conflicts show up. And my good friend, good buddy, good pal, Kyle Mitchell, was nice enough to step in and take my spot. Uh, thank you, Kyle, uh, again, for being able to do that on such short notice. I really appreciate it. I am joined today by the stalwart co-host that is forever by my side, Jared Miller. How are you doing today, Jared? Doing good. How are you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. I realize the way I introduced you there sounds kind of like we're married. We're not married. We're just we're just podcast co-hosts and friends, everybody. We're podcast married. We're podcast married. That's a good way to put it. Um, and then we're joined by a very special guest today. He's been on before and he's back now. I'm sure we'll have him on again. How are you doing today, Patrick? doing good thank you very much for having me i uh i i didn't chuckle out of menace i i thought that was just such a kind way to introduce uh jared as <laughs> podcast so i can tell it's a very healthy uh very fruitful podcast marriage that you guys got going on it is it's, it's wonderful <laughs> we are uh fresh we're coming up on our one year anniversary yeah <laughs> oh, no i'll send you guys an anniversary gift so. <laughs> much appreciated <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, we wanted to have Patrick on because the subject of tonight's episode is the NBA playoffs. They are right around the corner. In fact, if you count those playing games, they're here. And uh, you won't meet a bigger basketball fan in the world than uh, than, than this guy, Patrick. That, that's true. I, I don't work. I'm in school and I religiously follow the NBA. I love it uh, to an almost unhealthy degree. Um, I... I can't explain the affinity other than just grew up loving uh, basketball, was a basketball player my whole life. Um, and this is kind of my Christmas season, if you will, uh, or Christmas for adult or uh, playoff basketball is just one of my favorite things. And I'm, I'm really, really excited and really grateful that you guys are having me on to talk about it. And it's always, you know, just fun to hear your guys' voice, let alone talking sports as well. So I'm excited to dive in whatever topics we got going. Definitely, man. Uh, and this has to feel like an extra special Christmas season for you as you put it uh your Knicks they're finally back in yes man they uh I I don't want to be hyperbolic but I'm penciling in for a championship <laughs> uh, they are the next dynasty of the 2020s I'm thinking I <laughs> I think it would be underselling them to say they're going to get a three-peat I think they're going to outdo MJ I think Julius Randle is looking to be the greatest Nick in uh, New York history. <laughs> RJ Barrett is going to surpass Zion Williamson as the best pick in the 2019 draft. Um, Derek Rose is revitalized. T Tom, uh, Tom, is <laughs> like, you know, one of the best basketball minds out there and has just revitalized our defense. It's the number one defense in the NBA. Um, no, all jokes aside, they're probably, it, they'll get lucky to get past the Hawks. I think the Hawks are going to have a, give them a handful, um, but their defense is good enough that I think they're going to beat them. But it's just so fun to have, like, a good Knicks basketball team. Like, I, it's just – for so long, I mean, six years. I know some for, if, since the last time they made the playoffs with Mello in 2013, they've just been such an utter disaster and just embarrassment after embarrassment. Um, in this team, I did not – I wasn't really expecting the season to go anywhere other than a lottery pick. And it's just been 
on a night to night basis, just watch them. Like it's different because it's like hard, playing hard on defense, more, uh, more, uh, what's the word? Tough, but um, gritty. Gritty. Thank you very much. I, I was having a hard time find, finding the, the word. Just so gritty and just playing and working so hard. Um, and you could just tell the chemistry is just beaming through the, uh, the screen because they just, I don't know, you could tell that they just really enjoyed playing with each other and they're really just buying the top of the Mido's, uh, system. Yeah. Well, if you can't tell, uh, he's excited. He's excited to have the Knicks <laughs> back in the playoffs. Uh, I'm sure that most Knicks fans mirror your feelings right now. And then on the other side of it, in the same damn city in New York, uh, we've got I guess we could say they're Justin's boys. Justin, you're you're somewhat of a Nets fan, yes? In in the loosest sense of the term, I suppose. I guess it's not the loosest sense. I I have a Jeremy Lin jersey. Um, but yeah, it's exciting to have them back after they made it last year. Um, I'm not nearly as hyped as I would be, you know, with like the Buccaneers or the Mariners making playoffs, things like that. Because oh, I'm I'm not an avid basketball fan. I'm I'm kind of the the anti Patrick. I, <laughs> I I see highlights every once in a while, and that's my my basketball sports consumption. Um, but I appreciate the sport and I appreciate the players. Um, and I do like watching it when I get to. But it's just there's so many games. Anyway, I'm not going to continue making excuses. Yeah, talking about Brooklyn though, um, I am kind of surprised they made it. I thought that their super team, quote unquote, that they've put together with Harden and KD and all that. I thought for sure with the, that many big personalities in that locker room, I thought that was going to fall apart. Um, but they, they made it work and they've been stomping around the <laughs> NBA this year. And I I'm pleasantly surprised to have them here. I'm, I'm glad it's working out and I'm, you know, I don't think many of those guys are going to stay for long term. I don't think it's going to be a dynasty like the Knicks are, but <laughs> never know hey man uh yeah like you said you put it perfectly they've been stomping around the nba in the east this year and then of course my boys it seems like their perennial playoff uh appearance the blazers are back in it for the eighth year in a row i'm thrilled about it i don't know how i feel about how this tournament's going to play out but we'll get to that we'll talk about all of it later i think or I was thinking what we were going to do is do just like we did last year when we talked about our NBA playoffs, just kind of preview these first round matchups, who we think is going to win, maybe drop a finals prediction uh, toward the end, who we think is going to be in it. Uh, does that sound good to you guys? Yeah, it's a little early to talk so much about the first round because we still have playoff game or play-in games to true, go to. True. So uh, I will mention that too. We'll get we'll get to those because the one, the one seeds in each conference don't know who they're playing yet. And uh Actually, Phoenix in the West also doesn't know who they're playing yet. So that is a good point there, Justin. Uh, so we don't quite know all the matchups yet, but let's at least talk about the matchups we do know. Um, and do you, I don't care where we start. Do you guys want to – we might as well start in the East since you guys are both Eastern Conference guys. All right. Well, let's start up with the, the Knicks and the Hawks, I think. Yeah, Patrick, take it away. Oh, Knicks and Hawks. Um, let's see. Well – it's, it's basically an offense versus defensive matchup right now with the Hawks being the offense. Uh, and Trey Young's as, as um, what's the, what's the word? I'm sorry. I keep doing this. The words aren't flowing well, but he's actually a really good uh, facilitator opposed to kind of what people's image of him is. It's just kind of a deep shooting uh, three point shooter. Um, and they have weapons just ranging from like John Collins, who's their power forward 
Clint Capella basically had like a defensive player of the year. Um, you know, he, he had, a, there was a debate to be had that he belongs in that conversation. And then they got guys who can spread the floor, like Danilo Gallinari, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich, uh, Kevin Herter. And I, I would say that I'd be nervous about that just because the Knicks just looking at them and their defensive statistics and just from like an eye test, they give up a lot of three pointers. With that being said, Alfred Payton, who I go back and forth on and just kind of in terms of like my uh, sometimes I don't really like uh, watching Alfred Payton only because he has like these like moments where he kind of thinks like, I don't know if he thinks he's like, you know, a scoring point guard, but he'll kind of have a high usage rate compared to like guys who deserve it more like RJ Barrett and Randall. Um, I don't know if statistics back that up. That's just more from an eye test. That said, he is still a really great uh, defensive point guard. And if he can kind of like, shift his mindset to like solely focusing on defense in that series and causing trouble for Trey young. But even that said, like they're one of the best defensive teams again, and they're not only just like good at protecting the paint, but they're so solid on the perimeter. They give up. um, I mean, they do give up some of the most three pointers of any team in the league, but that with that in mind, they're um, they, I mean, they are just extremely solid on the defensive end. And with a guy like Julius Randle, uh, having John Collins guarding him. I don't think that that should be a problem for him. I I'm, I'm leaning the Knicks, but I'm leaning the Knicks in like six games, possibly seven. I think it'll actually still be like a pretty competitive matchup. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree with you. I actually have Knicks. I have the Knicks taking it in six. Also. Uh, I really can't out say anything you just said, uh, but man, Julius Randall, that dude's having a season. I've watched a few of your guys' games this year. And I watched him play Portland. He went off against us. I think he's averaging, what, like over 24 points a game, 10.2 rebounds. Uh, he, he's definitely, at least the way I see it, the engine that makes your team go. And he just is uh, so fun to watch, man. One of my favorite players to watch this season, actually. I'm super excited to tune into this series. Uh, I really like Trey Young, too. I think if I'm correct, this is going to be his first taste of playoff basketball, yes? Yep. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. It's always interesting to see how that goes. Um, uh, but I I think this is going to be a really exciting series. And I, uh, like I said, I agree. I'm taking the Knicks in six. I will agree with what Patrick has said because he knows much more about this than I do. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair you enough. Take, it, take, take it with a grain of salt, though. I'm extremely biased. And to Jared, to your point, like Julius Randle, I think he's a lock for most improved player. Um, and on top of the 24 and 10, he's also averaging like six assists a game. I mean, he's like the heart and soul of the offensive end and he's doing stuff like I would never have imagined like his game would like advance to where he's like doing like off the dribble, like, like, like pull up shots and like doing like step backs. And I mean, he's, he's like one of the driving forces on the offensive end. And I'm really excited to see how he competes, um, and he is just like, he is just such a rock of a human being where like John Collins is kind of skinnier frame. Um, I think rotationally, like rotation wise, he can co- like compete defensively, but I don't think he's got the muscle to like actually like stop Julius Randle. So I'm, I'm, I'm really am excited to see Julius um, do see what he can do kind of on, in a playoff stage. And again, to your point, like who knows what Trey Young's going to be thinking if he's going to go superstar mode and try and like take over games and just start shooting into oblivion. But mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, 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 I agree with everyone here, (laughs) uh, man. And and, and, did you see what ticket prices are going for at, at, uh, 
at the square for the first oh, game no. on Sunday. I think the cheapest ones are like just under a thousand bucks. <laughs> no God kidding. bless America. Jesus. Man, <laughs> Knicks fans have been hurting for a playoff game for a long time. And they finally got one, man. It's uh, they've been they've been saving every year they don't make it. <laughs> <laughs> they're uh they're still the highest valued uh sports franchise i think after the yankees yeah five billion so even after all the uh crumminess of the last like two decades i guess you could say <laughs> um they're still you know they they still find a way to uh, appeal to the fans so a thousand dollars for limited seats like i guess that doesn't necessarily surprise me but i don't know a thousand dollars that's less than ten dollars a losing year I would take a loan out. I mean, I've taken a loan out for school and that hasn't stopped me. So I would take a loan out to go to a, a Knicks playoff game, even if it's first round matchup. Yeah, man. I, I just thought that was a very funny uh, little tidbit I read the other day. I wasn't surprised either. You guys have been hurting for a playoff game for a long time. So I think we're all in agreement here. Knicks and six, you can uh, put it in stone. Um, let's, let's keep it in the East. Justin, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about your Nets matchup as they just found out, uh, on Tuesday night, they're going to be playing the Celtics in round one. Yeah, this is, um, I think this is going to be a really tough matchup. The Celtics, um, from my, my student Lily has told me, um, have been rather good this year. Um, I think it'll be an interesting matchup, you know, uh, I really don't have a lot to say. Cause I, I don't, I haven't watched like any basketball this year um school's been crazy this year anyways and yeah i i I, like i said i i get snippets all right so we don't need analysis but uh, your gut what's your pick are you going with your boys yeah i'm going with brooklyn okay well of course um i will piggyback off of what you said about the celtics having a good season and it being a tough matchup uh i think it definitely is going to be a tough matchup for brooklyn i think in the first round this may be one of the most uh the best coach matchup we've seen, we see with Steve Nash versus Brad Stevens, man, two great coaches. Um, and Nash, this is just his first year as Nets head coach. And I thought mm-hmm. he's done a tremendous job. I mean, he, re- he really has, obviously he's got a lot of talent to work with, but uh, I watched the Celtics game uh, playing game the other night against Washington. And if uh, Tatum and Kemba Walker can play like they played in that game, Dude, watch out. I, I mean, because this Celtics team is going to be a tough out if they can play like that. Uh, they were firing on all, all cylinders last or Tuesday night. I guess that was last night at the time of recording this. But it made me really excited for that series because I think we could see some fireworks shows between those two teams. Um, and then obviously, like, what, what more can you say about the Nets with the roster they have? You know, they've got Kyrie. They've got KD. They've got Harden brought in Blake Griffin. I mean, just top to bottom, the roster is riddled with big name basketball guys that most everyone should know. So I don't know the, the nets, as you said, made the playoffs last year, last couple of years, obviously this is a very different look nets team in the playoffs this year uh, coming in as the two seed. I'm going to take them too. I'm going to say it's going to go to six also nets over the Celtics in six. But like I said, if the Celtics, play like they're capable of playing i could see this thing going to seven and i could even see the celtics pulling off the upset but uh with that i'll pass it over to patrick yeah i'm 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 actually going on kind of a a more pessimistic end. i think the nets kind of have their their number um and i agree with you i agree with your points on um especially if jason i mean like the reason i'm giving him the game is because i think jason tatum will be able to muster a game where he puts the team on their back and really carries them. 
to that win. But in the in, if if Harden, Katie, and Kyrie are all healthy, I just don't think that any team can stop the like offensive firepower that they have. Um, this might be uh, too early to say this uh, in terms of where we're going in the podcast, but I, I have actually the Nets as on paper the team most likely to win the championship. Um, and there are concerns, you know, like I, I don't think their center position is like really all that uh, concrete. Um, I think they rely on Blake a lot. Uh, I do like Nicholas Claxton, who's kind of their off their bench center. Um, and then Bruce Brown and Joe Harris are just two like tremendous role players. Uh, one of the fun facts about uh, this Nets team too is a uh, Harden, Kyrie and KD have only played eight games together. Uh, so that could also play kind of like a factor into like how they progress in the series. Um, they may need a little bit of time to adjust uh, off one another. For the Celtics, they've just had the year from like hell, and I don't know if I if I'm allowed to like quasi swear. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of the truth. Like from Jason Tatum and Evan Fournier getting COVID to Jeff Teague not really working out to Jason uh, Jalen Brown uh, having a fractured hand, uh, Marcus Smart being injured at the beginning of the year. No one really to fill in the space of uh, Gordon Hayward. Uh, it's like the, this is like the year that they were cursed. I don't know. I don't know what bad omens are kind of following them around, but uh, whatever God is out there or higher power really did not want this team to like branch out and follow through. <laughs> Maybe it has something to do with the amount of Super Bowls that the Patriots got over the course of, uh, this of this uh, deck or this new millennium, if you will. But they, uh, you know, if 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 it was just Jason Tatum versus KD. It would be one thing. And if Jalen Brown was playing and it was just KD and Kyrie Irving, it'd be one thing. But it's KD, Kyrie, and Harden against Jason Tatum with some side help from Kemba, where I just don't think that they'll be able to match like the actual offensive firepower that they have. Um, so I'm taking, I'm, I'm saying Nets in five. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I like that assessment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the third matchup in the east the the last one we know of so far in the east uh rematch from last year's play cream city versus vice city baby justin's <laughs> two favorite jerseys are gonna be going at it the miami Whoa. heat i had nothing to say about brooklyn versus boston but i'm hyped for this matchup this dude. started out my dude dude it's just oh it's such a good storyline First of all, you got two great jerseys coming against each other. I hope, I hope Milwaukee's wearing Cream City. I hope Miami's wearing the Vice Cities. Oh, that'll be a good looking game. I don't <laughs> care about the basketball portion there, of course. But anyway, you've got my Milwaukee coming in for, like you said, the revenge game. They got kind of smacked around by Miami last year. And, you know, Milwaukee's changed some things up. They've they've moved some pieces around. Um, and they've looked pretty good this year. Again, this is from what I've seen in snippets. Miami's no slouch either, but I think Milwaukee's going to come in hungry. I think they're going to be angry about last year, and they're going to want some revenge. And I'm looking forward to it. I say Milwaukee in six. Okay. I like it. I like it. You were very opinionated about that series, sir. Dude, you can't go wrong with those jerseys. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Patrick, what, what do you think of this one? And to Justin's point, uh, the the Bucks have one of the coolest ad logos on their jersey. They have the Harley uh, Harley Davidson motorcycle on their uh, on the lapel of the jerseys. And it, I think personally it looks really well, goes really well with the Cream City jerseys. Um, but yes, definitely a very, very uh, aesthetically pleasing game. I, 
our series. I'm admittedly I'm bummed out, not because of the actual basketball that's gonna play. I think this is gonna be the, one of the best series in the first round. And I think it has potential to go seven games, extremely hard fought. But I love uh, two, the players on both these teams so much that I wish that they didn't weren't just uh, boxed into one round. I wish both of these teams could be able to move on um, and continue to play in the playoffs. So it's hard. I, I, there's so much around the narrative, right? Like the Bucks basically like losing their season last year to the Heat, while Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo carry them to this like amazing, spectacular run within the bubble. Uh, I just read this amazing book about the bubble actually that made a really good point that at the time of the playoffs, when the Bucks were uh, kind of starting to progress, the, that's when the Jacob Blake shooting happened, which happened in Milwaukee area, I think in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Yeah, They were the uh, kind of the forerunners of uh, holding the, um, the boycott of the games. So that was actually really preoccupied their minds combined with the, the bubble environment where we're, mental health issues were abundant just because you couldn't be with your families. Uh, there was so much uncertainty around the actual world, uh, whether the political realm or the like medicinal realm. And I think that like weighed heavily on the bucks in that, in that environment. On the other end though, the heat who are just the epitome of mental toughness with like Jimmy Butler and the guys that he carries around uh, the role players cater to like that toughness that Jimmy Butler brings. And he's had like an all NBA uh, season like I think around he's ever he was averaging around 22 points seven rebounds seven assists and I can keep talking I, I don't want to keep going on but I think they got uh, sidetracked because Jimmy had COVID at the beginning of the season and they had just insane amount of injuries um, but again it's gonna be an offensive versus defensive matchup Milwaukee's one of the top offenses in the league Milwaukee's in the top five for defenses uh, Milwaukee's defensive style allows a lot of threes and if guys like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero can find their shot, then it's going to be really, really interesting. The one caveat this year, though, I will say is that Drew Holiday replacing Eric Bledsoe as your perimeter uh, point guard is going to be huge for the Bucks because he's one a perennial defense player of the year. He's always an all-defensive NBA candidate, but he also shows up in big games where Eric Bledsoe would lack. And I think he's going to fulfill a role that they need in terms of mental toughness, defense, and just all around like facilitation. And it's kind of hard to bet against Giannis. But I, again, like I'm kind of like Justin, I'm, I'm very excited and passionate about this series. My head's going in a million directions. I can list off everything I love about this series. Um, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy, Giannis are th three of my favorite players in the NBA. I'm going to say Bucks in six as my conserv conservative take, but I also can see it going seven. Yeah. Um, so. I'm super excited for this series too. Maybe one of the series I'm most excited for, if not just for the uh, rematch factor. Um, the way I'm looking at this though, is I'm thinking about who has more pressure going into this series. And I, I think almost entirely Milwaukee has more pressure going into this series. Not only are they the higher seed, um, they have done a lot this off season uh, and they're writing on a lot. I mean, giving Giannis that super max deal uh, that's basically uh, not only putting faith in him, but telling him, you know, or he put faith in them is what I'm trying to say is that, you know, they really, that he believes they are committed to building a championship uh, team around him and committed to uh, getting championships and being successful. I know there's a lot of talk last off season. Is Giannis going to come back? Is he not, you know, and he did. And, and Bucks fans should be taking a huge sigh of relief. And 
so for that alone, I think there's a lot of pressure on the Bucks to succeed now. I also know that reports have come out and said that if they don't make uh, essentially the Eastern Conference Finals or maybe even the finals, uh, their head coach, Mike Budenhauser, is gone. Mm. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of pressure as far as that goes to. And uh, as far as on the court goes, the Heat have proven they can do this. They did it last year to them. They know that they can. Um, now, obviously – there's going to be pressure filled situations in this series for both teams, but overall, I think, uh, you know, most of that pressure squarely on Milwaukee, that being said, I think the bucks understand how important this playoffs is to them, to their fan base, to, uh, that organization. They're going to get it done against the heat this time. I say they're going to do it in seven though. I think this thing is going all seven. Mm. So that, that's kind of the, the lens I looked through uh, when viewing this series. And then finally in the East, we don't know who they're going to play yet, but the number one seed, the Sixers, um, we can talk about them very briefly. Again, not knowing their opponent, but they've had a, quite a season themselves. Uh, Patrick, I'll let you start kind of just talking about them. Yeah, I mean, Embiid was the MVP frontrunner uh, up until he got hurt midway through the season. And I've, I watched a fair bit of Sixers games this year, and he's just looked amazing. Ben Simmons is one of the best defense players uh, in the NBA, and he's in the, the running for defense player of the year. And when Daryl Morey came in, I mean, he, he did wonders for the team in terms of, like, transaction and, like, team building, replacing Josh Rich, Richardson and Al Horford with guys like Seth Curry and, um, oh, man, Danny Green. And Tobias Harris has also just been a revelation. I mean, he was good last year, don't get me wrong, but this year he's been able to spread out a lot better. Um, I think he was hitting three at above 38%. And they have guys like Matisse Thibel as well, who's one of the best defensive perimeter players, who is just like an anomaly. I think he's like 6'4 with a seven-foot wingspan um, and just is such a disruptive force on the defensive end that when him and Ben Simmons are playing, it's just – it's – it's absolutely wild to watch. Um, I think reg- regardless if they get the Pacers or the Wizards, I, I think depending on the matchup in May, there may be a win or two here, but I really think that the likelihood is they're going to win in five against either of them. Um, I don't think either of those guys have a, a team that can ke- keep up with Simmons or uh, Embiid uh, or Simmons for that matter. And depending on how, how well Seth Curry and Danny Green are shooting too, that's going to play a huge factor. Um, but they do struggle in playoffs. And this is the same issue that Giannis faces is when they get into the half court offense and you have Ben Simmons or Giannis on the court, who can't shoot threes, uh, their defenders slack off and the, the paint gets super crowded. And then that kind of throws off the whole rhythm of opening up uh, passing lanes for outside shooters like Danny Green or, or Seth Curry. So if they can somehow get Ben Simmons to get going and figure out a way to like, carry on transition offense and not rely so heavily on a half a set half court offense, but it's hard. Cause I mean, you you have to, it's playoff basketball. So like guys are, you're inevitably going to be stopped. So I'm still going to say four or five. I'm interested to see how they go, how they, how they work within this year, um, this playoffs this year, uh, mainly because I think it'll be a big telltale sign of if honestly, if they might need to like move on from Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid as a partnership, just because of the spacing issue. I don't think that's going to be the case, but this would be the third or fourth year in a row where they, if they can't like figure out how to acclimate both of their top strengths with each other 
in a playoffs environment, then there is got to be a more solid conversation to be had about is this actually going to work going long term when our championship window is so, so narrow um, as it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just trying to think about, you know, what this series would look like with either of their two possible opponents. And I I think the games would be more exciting, at least the way, uh, at least the way I see it is if they got the Pacers and maybe I'm just still too high off of what I saw from the Pacers in their play-in game. (laughs) Uh, But man, to drop 144 points. And I know they were playing Charlotte who, you know, has had a shaky season to say the best. Um, but still to drop 144 points, um, without Levert and they, you know, Sabonis was a huge part of that game, 33 points, 21 rebounds, nine assists. If he can play like that and then think about getting Levert back in the lineup, who I still think the Sixers win whoever they play and probably in five, like you said, but I think the individual games would be a more exciting if it was the Pacers. Although if you do beat the Wizards, you do have Westbrook, you do have Beal. So I don't know. But I think either way, yeah, I, I'd be pretty hard-pressed to pick against Philly here. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to add, I guess. I don't know why I paused like I was thinking about <laughs> it. I was like, I don't have anything to add. You guys break that down so well. Um. So I guess let's move to the West. All right. Uh, which, uh, which one do we want to talk about first here? Well, we got two choices. Or do we want to talk about the top two seeds first uh, and then move into the games or save them for last? Yeah, let's talk about them first. Uh, let's, uh, you want to start with the Jazz, Utah? Let's talk with the Utah Jazz. <laughs> All right. Uh, Justin, what are your thoughts on the Utah Jazz? Uh, Utah Jazz, good. <laughs> yes, they Utah are. Utah Jazz probably win. <laughs> <laughs> and those are my thoughts about the jazz fair enough um you know the jazz put together the nba's best record this year and it yeah. didn't happen by chance that is an outstanding team my one question is and i'm sure he will be good to go but if they can just retain him as donovan mitchell i mean yeah i watched portland's game with them probably about a week ago and Portland won. And I was very impressed with the win, but it was with the caveat that Mitchell was not playing. And if he's missed what 14, 15 games now, um, I know that a lot of that's been just resting and getting him ready again for the playoffs. If he's playing uh, that jazz team is super scary and they might be my pick to get out of the West. Um, so kind of like we were saying with the Sixers, um, whoever they end up getting, although I do think if they get the Lakers or the Warriors, it could be a really good series. I still think I still will take the jazz. I really, um, I love what I've seen out of them this year. I love Rudy Gobert. I think he is one of the best big men in the whole league. The guy's just a monster mm-hmm. on the boards. Um, the jazz, they make a tough matchup for whichever of these play in teams they're going to get uh, squared up with, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I, as you put it so eloquently, Justin, jazz good, jazz good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one of the things about the Utah Jazz too, I think, is if you're gonna play in Utah, you've got to have a real love for the game. Um, <laughs> just and not to take any jabs at Utah. Utah's a beautiful state, but um, for what I imagine, a lot of those NBA players like to do in their off time, there's not so many options. <laughs> 
So I think you definitely, if you're going to Utah, you have a real love of the game. Absolutely. Uh, Patrick, what do you think about this jazz team this year? Yeah, the, the ultimate irony of the jazz and being in Utah is that they don't actually allow jazz music in Utah. So it is, uh, <laughs> that is, that is that. Now that's a, that's a stolen bit from a uh, basketball, a great, great Trey Parker and uh, Matt Stone movie, the uh, creators of South Park. I, absolutely great movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic joke by them. I can't take credit. Uh, yeah, no, the jazz have been amazing. This is the team that they were supposed to be last year. Um, and they were a dark horse uh, team up until, um, it was revealed that Anthony Davis was going to the Lakers and then Kawhi and Paul George were going to the Clippers. Um, but there was, there was murmurs that they were, they were well built enough because of them bringing in Mike Conley to be a secondary playmaker with Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I know that Rudy Gobert has kind of gone a bad rap, um, especially after kind of the debacle last year where he mocked the coronavirus into the thing where he rubbed his hand on the microphones. And then it turned out he was almost like patient zero within the NBA. Um, but he is just such an unbelievable uh, defensive player. And our, again, I, I, I feel like I've done this, I said this multiple times about certain guys, but him and Ben Simmons are really in competition for defense player of the year. And he, anytime a guy drives on them, I just see them do the thing where they kind of look up, see his like seven, nine wingspan and kind of do that thing. Like, you know what? Actually, I don't really want to get my shot blocked in the second row and dribble it back <laughs> out. And he can move his feet well enough on the perimeter. Um, and then even just aside from that, Donovan Mitchell, and you're right, Jared, like if Donovan Mitchell is in 100% healthy, this is a, a completely different conversation. But for, you know, for optimist's sake, uh, just assuming that he's ready to go, uh, this team has a lot of weapons. Mike Conley is one of the smartest point guards in the NBA. Uh, he's well. He's a very seasoned vet, and his t- he took the Grizzlies to a, a conference final in 2013, I believe. Uh, so he's been here and he's done this before. Uh, Donovan Mitchell. Every year, I th- I think that up until last year, um, he's played in the second round as well as Rudy Gobert. So these guys, they're not like they're not just some schmucks who got lucky. I've heard some comparisons to them to the 2015 Hawks, who then ended up getting swept by the Cavs that year with uh, Le- with LeBron leading, but this. Wilson, Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench, who are both in, in the running for sixth man of the year. Joe Ingles, especially, who's shooting at an absurd rate from three and can play make off the bench as a small forward. Uh, and then they got bodies in Boyan Bogdanovich and, or no, is it Bogdan? Uh, it's Boyan Bogdanovich and uh, Royce O'Neal for defensive presence. These guys are very tough. They're really, really well, well rounded. If they're playing, if they're playing, I mean, I think even if they're playing the Warriors to, or the Spurs or the Grizzlies or the Lakers, I think the Lakers would be the only one that would potentially knock them out. Every other team, I think they're it's four or five games at most. Yeah, that's kind of the, the vibe I get to. Uh, the Jazz have been really exciting to me this year. And the other team, besides my Blazers in the West, that have been super exciting to me that I've loved watching them succeed this year is the two seed, the Phoenix Suns. Man, I'm so happy for the Suns. I'm so happy for Chris Paul and Devin Booker specifically. Uh, those two have been quite the dynamic duo down there in the desert. And I, I mean, they're back in the playoffs for the first time since 2010. So even longer than your Knicks actually. Mm-hmm. And, and they put together a 51 win season this year. I mean, this has been what they've been trying to do down there for the, the last decade. And they finally got it right this year. Um, they are, are either going to get the Lakers or the Warriors, 
pending the results of Wednesday night's uh, play-in game. Uh, either of those opponents are going to be tough, obviously, when you have guys like Curry on one side or LeBron on the other. But, man, I uh, this Phoenix team is electric, is the word that comes to mind for me. And I would take them over probably either of those teams, although I think the Lakers would give them more of a run, as you kind of just said with the Jazz. But, I mean, just kind of right there with Utah, Phoenix is – you know, right up there in my book. And honestly, I would not complain at all about a jazz Suns Western conference finals. I would be here for it. Yeah. 100%. It it is just so heartbreaking though, for them to work their way to the second seed, uh, a perennial championship contender, and then have the possibility of facing LeBron and Anthony Davis in the first round. I mean, that's just like, so cruel to them, as you were saying, not making the playoffs since 2010. Um, and for a guy like Chris Paul, who's just been one of the best point guards of all time uh, in a relentless competitor, uh, a guy who's only gotten to play in the conference finals once on a team that is poised to make that run to then have to face again, LeBron. And, you know, who knows? They might, uh, the Lakers might lose to the Warriors tonight. I highly doubt that. I think that they're going to get the Lakers, um, which again, is just such a bummer because I think, I don't really know what they're going to be able to do with, well, no one knows what, no one has any uh, answer for LeBron just on any team. So you're, you kind of expect it from him. Andy Davis also, it's not likely any team has an answer for him, but I really don't think that the Suns have the lineup depth to match him just in terms of their uh, front court. Uh, they got DeAndre Aiden. And then after that, it's like Cameron Johnson, who's hurt. Um, they got Frank Kaminsky, who, who you know was the uh, the the ringer for the for the University of Wisconsin uh, University of Wisconsin team in 2015? Um, they got Dario Saric, but they don't have the bodies or defenders that are going to be able to keep up with AD. Um, all that said, though, like I love 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 the Suns team. Mikael Bridges is one of my favorite guys as a role player to watch, just for his three and D, um, just how elevated his game is. Uh, Jake Crowder just is a mentally tough like leader and uh, working with Chris Paul. Devin Booker is one of the most fluid scorers in the game. And then Chris Paul, like, just throws his name in the MVP race. He's not going to win it. I think that's for Jokic, who we'll talk about later. Um, but Chris Paul, just 15th year in the league, 16th year. I can't – I don't remember what year he's in. But for him to com- continue to compete on this level as a six-foot point guard and continue to just year after year, like, bring his team, even just within the playoffs. Like, that Thunder team last year had absolutely no business business being in the playoffs and he led them to make to seven games against the Rockets with James Harden and Russell Westbrook this year he took a team that didn't make the playoffs last year and they are now the second seed again that's not all just simply because of Chris Paul but if the numbers don't tell the exact story of how big of a leader and how much he impacts the game so again hypothetically if they're playing the Lakers I hate to say it, I think the Lakers take them in six however if they take the if they get the Warriors I think they beat the Warriors in six okay I like it I like it man I just like I said I love the Suns team I I love I would love to see them get out of the first round and move on a little bit uh, Justin any thoughts on the boys from Phoenix I, I like their their skyline jersey <laughs> bring it in the aesthetics yeah dude those are those are pretty sick jerseys I'll, they are they are sweet I, I was telling Jared last week, I'm like, it's kind of a shame that I had to miss last week's episode instead of this week's. Um, not that I don't <laughs> love talking basketball with you boys, but I'm 
about as useless as tits on a boar hog in this conversation. <laughs> uh, you're, you're fine, man. We, we, we have you on for the aesthetics. I mean, I know we know basketball is not your forte, but uh, you're, you're holding your own, kid. And you're dropping some jabs, like just from a humor standpoint. Like, <laughs> I, I met the slice of Montana I missed. Tits on a boar hog is a great one. <laughs> you don't hear that in the city that much. I'm, yeah, sure, not. I'm sure not. Yeah. Uh, all right. So in the West, uh, keep moving on to the matchups we do know. Uh, let's let's get to the one um, maybe that I'm most excited for. And if, no, it's not my Blazers, actually. It's the Clippers and the Mavericks because this is another revenge matchup. Uh, rematch of last year's first round where I believe the Clippers won it in six, but I also know that Luca had uh, just a sniper game winner in one of those games in that first round series. I mean, he did everything he possibly could to keep the Mavs season alive last year. Um, this year, man, watch out. I, I love this Mavs team. Luca is one of my favorite players to watch. Um, and to, to say that that dude and that team is motivated after how last year ended, I think would be an understatement. Luca, of course, averaging almost 28 a game, eight rebounds, 8.6 assists. I mean, his presence is just felt all over the floor. And he is one of the up and coming superstars in this game and in this league. Um, I'm super excited to watch him take on the Kawhi, Paul George, excuse me, Clippers. Um, I think this series is going to be excellent. I think it's going to go seven and hot take. I'm taking the Mavs in seven. Wow. I, I like it a lot. I like it. I, uh, Luca, I kind of feel like has that like that big chip on his shoulder from last year, kind of in the way that uh like after Kobe played at MJ and the Wizards and Michael Jordan's like yeah, yeah you're never gonna you can you can kind of pretend to be the best but you'll never be the best, and then the next Kobe just like said nothing and said nothing and super quiet super weird around his team, and then just when they got back to that the Wizards when they played him again he just went off. I think Kobe, or I mean, I think Luca's kind of got that, that like revenge mentality right now. That Mamba he's like, mentality. Yeah, dude. I think he's just been preparing for this rematch. I don't think he knew it was going to happen, but I, I think he, he, he had a gut feeling it was going to happen. Oh, the Mavs have got to be licking their chops at this. I mean, they just got to be, right, Patrick? Oh yeah, and there's a there's a little rivalry between Luca and Marcus Morris of all people. Uh, they there was no love loss between those guys. And that game four, uh, I know that game where you're talking about. I was watching that one live, and uh, I can remember the play. It was a dribble, step back, pull up three or step back three. I think on the left side of the court. I mean, it was it was, <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. And Luca, uh, God, I just I I I I'm gonna sound repetitive, but like I he's another one of my favorite guys to watch just because he's so exciting to watch. This uh, just in, Patrick likes watching basketball. <laughs> yeah, I know it's breaking news. I'm, I'm very, I, it's like, this is how I am when I watch movies. I'm like, God, I loved it. It's 10 out of 10. Or I'm like, Oh, it's the worst <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. One out of 10. It's a movie. So it's life. either good or it's bad. Yeah, exactly. It's like, so if it's a guy I like basketball, I'm like, yeah, I think he's my favorite player. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, so I, I agree with you. I, this is actually the series I am most uncertain about. Um, and not like in a, like a, I don't know, not like in a fearful way or anything. Not like I'm like, oh gosh, I'm so uncertain about the future. It's just, um, you're right. It could be easily that the the Mavs taken in seven, taken in six. It could also easily be the Clippers taken in six, taken in five, taken in seven. 
Um, and those uncertainties, uncertainties lie in if how healthy Kristaps is and how much he's able to contribute because um, he just continues to have lingering health issues. Um, and then on the opposite end with the Clippers, I know they've kind of revamped their team and they've been kind of my most like mundane. I've, I've been kind of least interested in them um, just from a purely like, like, like game, like stylistic point where I just haven't been that um, entertained in the race and which isn't a bad thing. You know, it's just, they, they kind of coast to some victories. Um, and I think that's where the issue is going to lie in a playoff game where uh, we saw last year in the nuggets when they swept or not swept them, but, you know, came back three, one, where it came down to crunch time and Paul George has always had, a, has always had a difficulty driving to the basket and getting to the line. Um, Kawhi can sometimes settle for those mid range shots. Um, they don't have a solid playmaker outside of Kawhi and Paul George. Reggie Jackson has been, has been solid. I think Serge adds like a good presence, but again, he's been hurt. Um, I love Zubats uh, at, at center, but he just in terms of like rotation and minutes, like I don't know how much he's going to be able to give you um, over the course of a series. I don't know if he's going to be able to alter a series. And then flipping it back against the Mavs, it's like, you know, if Kristaps doesn't show up, who's going to be the guy who carries the offensive load behind Luca? Like, of course, Luca's going to get his and score probably 30 a night, I imagine. But then the next guy's like Tim Hardaway Jr. or perhaps like Jalen Brunson steps up. Um, so it, it, there are, there, for me, there's some just uncertainties and like, and I guess in saying that it's, I like what you're saying, Jared, we're like, I think this one I'm actually really, really excited about. And in that is due to the like lack of like how confident I've been in like these other series based off like what I know, which isn't like, you know, a lot, but I, this one I'm saying I would, I would go Clippers in seven and I think this is going to be a heck of a series. Yeah, and here's, you know, I totally get what you're saying about being hesitant about a lot of things, and here's what I'm just hesitant about on a more broad standpoint is the Clippers' playoff history. It's not great. I mean, you know, and is this finally going to be the year they get over the hump or are they just going to have another embarrassing loss in the playoffs, whether it be in the first round, the second round, or what? I just don't – I don't have a lot of faith in this team as far as postseason play goes, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Agreed. And I, I, I failed to mention, I forgot the acquisition of Rondo uh, for Lou Williams and he adds that ball, uh, the facilitator. And he's one of those guys who's so smart and just picks his spots now where he's, he's a playoff minded guy to the point where, you know, he pretty much hones it in in the regular season and then amps it back up. Um, and I agree, like the, the Clippers, I think whether it was the Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, um, Lob City uh, Clippers, uh, up until last year, this do not have a good track record. And I still believe that they're one of the few teams to never make it into the conference finals. This year, the only thing I would think is, is that acquisition of Rondo, um, a defensive-minded big and vet like Sergi Baca and new uh, coaching and, and staff with uh, Ty Lue may be kind of enough to alter like the, their whole personality and like, like team makeup. But I I'm with you. I it's, it's, like are Paul is Paul George going to show up or is he going to is he going to do the thing where he kind of makes excuses? I know he dealt with some mental health stuff, which I I can't even imagine what it was like living in the bubble, like almost feeling like boxed in at Disney World. It almost sounds like a nightmare, or like <laughs> like like having like to try and go get a breath of fresh air, and there's like 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 an apocalypse going on with like Mickey Mouse singing in the background. Yikes! Um, but I you know he does have a tendency. But again, he, he, I mean, he led the Pacers like two conference finals in the East against 
the uh, against the Pacer or against the Heat. Um, Kawhi obviously has won two championships and was as always uh, in the conversation for an MVP. Um, I think this is I I would guess that this is going to be the year that they're not going to mess around. This is going to be the bounce back year. If they lose though in the first round, th- there's no chance that Kawhi Leonard's coming back, and that's something to watch. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, no way, no way. All right, so uh, let's get to that last one. My boys and the Nuggets. Um, I'm both excited and horrified for this series because we just wrapped up the regular season with the Nuggets, and I know we kind of blew them out of the water to get that much-needed win to stay in the sixth seed. Uh, but I maybe I just keep hearkening back to two years ago in our playoff one when we played the Nuggets in the second round. It was such a, a battle series, man. It went to seven games. One of those games went to four overtimes. Uh, and I'm going to talk about him in a minute, but the hero of that series, in my opinion, was Ennis Cantor. Um, in fact, I'm just going to talk about him right now. Uh, maybe besides Damian Lillard, my favorite basketball player. Uh, <laughs> I love Ennis so much, man. I think he finished fourth in the uh, league with rebounds this year, but that series alone that I was just mentioning two years ago made me love him so much, showed me what a warrior he, warrior he is, uh, what a battler he is. And I'm sure Patrick being a Knicks fan, like you knew that about him, but he, you know, at the time was observing Ramadan. He was not eating until sundown. Um, he was, he had an injured arm in one of those games. Like it was so bad to the point one game where like he, did like a makeup sling with his Jersey, but refused to come out of the game. I think it was that four overtime game. Uh, So my ranting and raving about him is getting to this point. We're going to need that kind of effort and performance, not only out of him, but out of our whole team, because this can't be the Damian Lillard show on his own. Like if it is, we're not going to, we're not going to get past Denver. And I know Denver doesn't have Jamal Murray and that is a huge hit to their lineup, but uh, Jokic, uh, I'm going to have nightmares about him all week, man. He is probably the best defender in the whole league, probably the MVP this year. Um, He's going to be a nightmare for us. I I don't think we're really going to have an answer for him. If I'm going to be completely honest with you, Uh, Cantor and Nurkic are going to both just have to find a way to survive the onslaught that's coming from him. So I don't know, this is going to be a really good series. I think, um, I definitely like the Blazers chances this year in the first round a lot better than I did last year when they got paired up against LeBron's Lakers as an eight, one matchup. Uh, I think this is going to go to seven and it's the optimist in me speaking. I'm taking the Blazers in seven, uh, but I think they're all going to be hard fought games, but I I think the X factor, I I don't even know if you could call it an X factor. I think the difference maker is going to be when it gets close, when it gets to crunch time, when it gets to a Dame time, uh, Dame is going to do what he does and he is going to put the team on his back uh, as he seems to time after time. And he's going to find a way to get it done and get us out of the first round. So that's how I see this shaking out. But again, that just might be the bias in me speaking. I would, I would love to hear what you guys have to say about this one. I want to see Dame get a ring. <laughs> me too, buddy. Me too. I don't know if he's going to get a ring. I'm not going to go that far, but I'm hoping we can get out of the first this just round. In. Jared is calling it way too early. Trailblazers win it all. <laughs> 100%. All right. All right. Uh, I, I mean, I'd love to see it, but I'm trying to be realistic somewhat here. I, uh, I, unfortunately, I don't think Dame's going to get that ring unless he joins the Knicks. I just don't see it with, uh, 
the Blazers and no. Um, I, for, I, you know, I, I want to follow up. Ennis Kanter was one of my favorite guys on the Knicks. Um, just one of the toughest dudes I've ever seen. Probably one of the best offensive rebounders I've ever seen. I've never, like, just such an un, like, just he's not afraid of anything, man. He's just like just such an innate skill. He just knows where to be, and he's just so broad and strong that they'll just kind of get in there and get the board. And he's so tough that he's like doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if like sh- like arms are swinging on him or whatever. Um, it was just a good teammate. I remember one game, uh, LeBron was trying to bully our, our rookie uh, Frank Niakina, Niakina at the time, and uh, Ennis got right up in his face. Just no fear, of, you know, the king. Um, and so I got a lot of love for uh, Ennis. Um, Man, yeah, this is going to be another just fantastic series. I, I mean, I think we're just in for great playoffs overall. The products would never been better. Um, but you're right. I mean, Dame can't carry the load all himself, uh, and that's what CJ's for. And I think CJ's going to be able to step up and do his part um, as a second, like secondary ball handler and score. Um, what? But again, to your point, what they're going to need is guys like Robert Covington to have a big game and Nurkic to have a big game. And I know. Yeah, and yeah, um, and Melo, of course, one of my all-time favorite players, another one of my uh, favorite players. Um, and who – oh, Norman Powell, who they acquired at the, the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. They – Nurkic is so when – he's, when he's healthy, he's just such a fantastic ball player that him being full – like, if he were 100% healthy, then this would be a different conversation – him not if he's not fully healthy which i think he's kind of gone back to i know he had a fracture in a certain part of his body i think it was his leg yeah um is that sound right okay yes um because when he's playing well he's just so good um but yeah i you know i it's tough because at the same time without murray the nuggets are very very uh vulnerable especially just with like, I don't know who's going to stick with Dame and CJ. Not that Murray's like, you know, an all caliber defensive player. Um, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting series. I, I mean, not even interesting. It's going to be a fantastic series. Um, the Dame is just, you know, he's Dame time. And he's just one of the most clutch players in, in my lifetime I've ever watched. Just so cold blooded, just no fear in high pressure situations. On the flip side, Jokic, another one of my all time favorites. Um, probably the greatest passer passing big uh i've ever seen and arguably in nba history most likely to win the mvp he him and the nuggets have been my uh, nba league pass like staple throughout this year every game that they've been on i've watched them uh or if i can watch them that is uh jokic is just mesmerizing on offense he can score at just so many random positions he has found cutters and passing lanes and angles I've never like been able to like even comprehend, let alone just sitting watching the game in in real time and not even noticing like, oh my God, how did he see that guy? Like like I don't know where where the like the like the vision comes from, but it's just absolutely mesmerizing. Um, for them too, I think it's if Michael Porter Jr. can carry over to what he's been doing in the regular season. Uh, he's been he has been just so fantastic and has stepped up huge. Aaron Gordon was a great pickup, and he his skill set uh, plays off of what, like Jokic's strengths in passing. Aaron Gordon's a great cutter, um, and I don't know. They got Monte Morris. They got um, Javale McGee now off the bench, and that's not the name I was thinking of because I know they got another guy that can. Will Barton, if Will Barton's healthy, 
this is another one I guess I didn't realize. I thought I was a little bit more certain when talking about it, but this one I'm actually not all that certain either. But again, in a good way, I think it's just going to be a great series. Um, it's important to note that the Blazers won in seven games against the Nuggets two years ago to go to the Western Conference Finals. Yep. And they inevitably got swept by the Warriors, but it's not like uh, they're that far removed from that team. So I think this game goes seven, and I'm I'm going to lean Nuggets – but I'm not going to be surprised if it's the Blazers. Okay, I'll take it. I, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to discredit because it's like – what's so crazy about the West is like every team I theoretically think could be in the second round, which is unfortunate because then by like like certain teams have to be admitted like or like, like, or like admitted, you know, yeah. um, through that process and it's like okay like which ones are the ones that aren't gonna make the kind it's like shoot like every one of these teams like whether it's the mavericks and the clippers or if it's the lakers and the suns or heck even though if it's the warriors or grizzlies or spurs against the jazz like any of these guys can move on and i wouldn't be surprised um so this one yeah it's it, it, this one's gonna be a great series you know that i'm just gonna end on that great series i'm leaning nuggets in seven but won't be surprised if it's the blazers all right awesome uh justin you got a prediction for this one Yes, I do. I think it's going to be a a tight matchup. I think it's going to be a competitive matchup, kind of like what you guys have said. Um, and this is probably a little bit of bias because I really do like Dame, and I'd really like him to win. Um, but that also, of course, relies heavily on the fact that it's not just him. Yep. Um, so I'm going to say Portland in seven. All right, I like it. So we all three think it's going to seven, though. And with this, I mean, I really wouldn't be surprised, man. And if this series is anything like it was two years ago when we played them, we are all in for a treat. That was one of the best series of basketball I've ever watched. Um, so, all right, well, there it is. We went through the first round. Uh, before we wrap up, do we want to just – I know it's super early, but just throw it out there who we think is going to be in the finals this year, your, your East versus your West matchup. Uh, Patrick, I'll start with you. Um, for me, depending on health, I'm, go- I'm going to leave the Nets out of the East. Um, I just think with the overall star power with KD, uh, Kyrie, and Harden, mixed in with like guys like Joe Harris, Blake Griffin, Nick Claxton, uh, Bruce Brown, they're going to be such a hard out. And then, again, depending on health, I'm going to go Lakers uh, out of the West. If they- Again, but if it, ha- it all depends on if LeBron's healthy. And if they are, then they're my, my surefire pick. Um, if they're not healthy, I would say the Suns for the sake of fun. But logic, I would say the Clippers. Okay. So, so I'm, not very, I'm not being very helpful. I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm to say if hypothetically everyone's healthy, Lakers, Nets, I think Nets and six of that in that series. Oh, even given the prediction. Ooh. I like it. I like it. All right. All right. Just spicy. Uh, I'm going to go with the Nets because I got to. And also they actually have a legitimate chance to make it. Uh, and then I'm going to go with the dark horse out of the West, the Mavericks. Oh, wow. Nets, Mavs. Yeah. Dude, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go the Nets, too. So boom, 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 Nets across the board for us in the East. Uh, and I am going to think fun here, and maybe that's the wrong way to think. Uh, give me Nets-Suns, man. 
Phoenix mm. and Brooklyn. And, and just for, if nothing else, the Steve Nash storyline, man, him versus his old team in the finals. Now him as a coach, come on. Who wouldn't tune into that? Oh, I would absolutely love it. I think that would be such a fun series. And I think it would just be so fun to have uh, Chris Paul meeting Harden in the finals. Uh, Devin Booker and Aiden kind of just oh. jump shooting a bunch of guys that, that haven't gotten their opportunity yet to get there. Um, and it would be the ultimate redemption story for Chris Paul to get uh, his first championship ring if the event that they got, they beat the Nets. Um, oh, dude. But I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I, think, I think the Suns are a really, really well put together team. I, I don't know why the Jazz just aren't really all that appealing to me. Um, that, that can change, but I, I'm with you 100%. Okay. All right. I love it. It's just making me excited. Okay. So we're, we, are, we are almost time to so wrap. Now that the basketball talk is <laughs> over, let's get to the real <laughs> podcast where we talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, boy. That'll boys, be- let's, let's go ahead. Let's start off. I'm just kidding. Yeah, your Lightning are up 2-0 on the Florida Panthers. Right I now. know they are. Let's go, Lightning. We will. I, I am hoping for the the repeat, which is incredibly hard in hockey, is one of the hardest championships to repeat in. Um, I am looking forward to seeing the Lightning and how they do. Um, I've never said, like, they're my favorite team, but I think because they're from Tampa, I've just grown to love them. Um. I will say I'm excited, but let's talk about the battle of the Canadians, boys. Oh my goodness. The Maple Leafs versus the Canadians, and I'm just waiting for the Leafs to choke it away like they always do. As per usual, we are definitely going to have to talk about hockey in the near future as the Stanley Cup playoffs are already underway. Um, I know we've got some hockey fan friends that are just itching for us to talk about it a certain Colorado Avs fan, we all know. Um, but unfortunately, we don't have time for that tonight. We do just have time for our shout-outs before we wrap up. Uh, we'll start with our guest. Patrick, do you have any shout-outs to give this week? Yeah, I think I'm going to lean uh, Jerry Klinick, uh, Mariners' top prospect. Just yes, sir. Uh, I, You know, it's just exciting, especially after the offseason with the M's had where it was kind of revealed the president was talking about you know, manipulation of uh, playing time and keeping clinic down just for the sake of financial purposes, while also revealing a lot of like other terrible characteristics just about how the organizations ran. Um, and he's just the bright spot in that M's future uh, as a team that hasn't made the playoffs in nearly 20 years. Um, so just to see him up and just have some semblance of like optimism and hope, just extremely exciting. And uh, I think he got a home run. It, in his second game, Jared, you might, you second might have game. second yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, here's the best film. Obviously we, uh, we got no hit last night. So uh, it's very, very, uh, very interesting start to the, to the um, career, super career of superstar uh, Jared clinic, but overall just very excited that he's coming up and that we got a prospect to be excited about. Absolutely. Justin, what about you? Um, I'm actually going to, I joked around. I was going to shout out the Mariners for making some history and getting no hit twice in two weeks. <laughs> um, but my actual shout out, which is kind of weird because I've done it before. And I talked about him a lot, but Cliff's Kingsbury for the haircut idea. Dude. I went through with it. I got the Cliff Kingsbury haircut as, <laughs> Get at out least of as close. <laughs> what? I'm Get sorry. out of here with your Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, I'm kidding, man. I'm kidding. You're good. Yes, it looks good. I mean, we don't have the, uh, the cameras on, but it looks good. 
Oh, thanks. That's uh, I, I don't think I sent you a picture, did I, Patrick? <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I imagine it looks fantastic. I had some real, I, I it was kind of similar to the last time I saw your hair, pretty, pretty long. It was, it had gone from mullet to just kind of flow, and uh, it was definitely time for a change. So, yeah, I showed the lady that cut my hair a picture of Cliff Kingsbury and was like, I want this. <laughs> Dude, I love it. It wasn't hard to find the picture either. I just opened up my phone. It was already as the background for some reason. It was, I mean, crazy coincidence. <laughs> I'm just joking. All right. Uh, that will take me to my shout out. Uh, also gonna... Cliff Kingsbury? No. Crazy. <laughs> my shout out is to two college soccer teams. Oh. I give my shout out to Marshall Men's Soccer and Santa Clara Women's Soccer. Mm. This last weekend, each of them won their first national title for their school in thrilling fashion for both. Marshall, a one nothing victory over third-ranked team in the nation, Indiana. They scored their winning goal in the 98th minute. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Yeah, and then Santa Clara Women's Team, a victory over Florida State in the championship uh, it was a 1-1 draw, but they won it on penalty kicks. So two programs that won their first national titles this weekend. I had to, had to give it to them. All right, everyone. Well, we are, we are at that time again. We need to, we need to wrap her up and close down, uh, close down shop on this bad boy. But thank you, Patrick. Wait, wait, wait. Before, you, before we close it up, I got a question for Patrick. Okay. Oh, yeah. Which NBA coach do you think has the best haircut? And I will be looking this up as soon as you answer to judge your answer. You know, uh, Greg Popovich is is rocking a flow right now with a beard that's looking really great. Um, it's like old man flow, but it's like I don't know. It almost he kind of looks like deadheadish. Like it's it's just a very confident long hair old man, like silver gray hair. It just looks good on him. Uh, yeah okay okay i can dig it boys he's literally on screen as you're talking about him i'm watching this uh spurs memphis game which is that's funny that's that's where the idea probably because i was like shoot i don't know if i'm gonna be able to picture it i just saw him i was like oh wow that's actually like a really good (laughs) um my other one would probably be uh uh one of taylor jenkins uh doc rivers or monty williams justin types away furiously all right. Okay, I can respect those answers. Okay. That's, Mainly because uh, they're bald. That was the joke. They don't actually have hair. <laughs> yeah, but I can still respect it. Bald is. I did. I, I. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. Lie. I only looked up Doc Rivers, and he's got kind of like a really close cut. I don't know what you call it. It's not a fade. It's like a, It's like an all over fade. Oh yeah. yeah the joke. Yeah, it would have been funny if you. I mean, I don't even know. If, it might not have been funny, but if you looked at Monty Williams, he's like full on bald. All right, let me it look at Monty Williams. At a joke. Come on, here. It's been an hour. I'm trying to oh, work goodness. on new material. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He. He. Well, he's got some like stubble. It looks like now. Mm, shoot. I guess I had a controversial pick then for my ball. <laughs> All right. I think that means uh, when the hair talk starts, it's about time to wrap Jared doesn't like to have fun on the podcast. <laughs> oh, my god! I try to bring some levity in here and some real hard-hitting discussion. No other sports podcast will give you this kind of hair talk. And we know that's why you, the people, tune into the expansion, buddies. You can find us every week, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Can on a String, wherever you find us, wherever you listen to us, we appreciate it. As Jared was saying earlier, thank you again, Patrick, for being here. And Jared, never forget. Uh, Party like it's 1976.